So, uh, we've been doing the, the financial, you know, covering stewardship for the last few weeks. So I want to start off with a quick recap on where we've been at for the past few weeks. So, in the beginning, God created everything, right? So that means that um, everything belongs to who? God. God. Okay. Our time belongs to God. Our resources belongs to God. And our finances belongs to God. Every Jesus. <laughs> everything we have, everything that we're doing belongs to God, right? So, and we are called uh, in Scripture to be good stewards of all the things that God has given to us. Our job, our time, our friendships, um, our, our finances, okay? And Scripture talks a lot about finances, which is why for the past four weeks we've been specifically looking at finances and what Scripture says about them. So in, when it comes to savings... Scripture gives a lot of um, teaching that savings is good, okay? But maybe too much savings or hoarding could be bad, is dangerous, right? Savings is wise. Saving for the future is wise. But too much, like, that's dangerous, right? Being rich is not a bad thing. Having a lot of wealth isn't a bad thing. However, the desire for riches, seeking after a job just because it gives us a lot of money or fame and fortune and the promises of the material things that this world has, that's dangerous because then it takes our focus off of God and puts our focus on money, on earthly things, right? But being wealthy in itself isn't bad. God, God is the one who supplies us with riches. And, and so... We don't have to be afraid of it, but we also shouldn't be seeking after it as the end goal, as the, the end result that we're striving for, okay? Also, um, being, being generous is something that we are called to do. Taking care of others who are in need, who can't provide for themselves, is a very good thing. Yet, not working for ourselves is the opposite of that. Not continually receiving, receiving when we can be out working is danger, right? That we shouldn't just be um, allowing others to take care of us when we have the means and the resources to go out and get a job and work hard for ourselves and to provide for ourselves and our family so that we can also be taking care of others in the church, right? So scripture talks a lot on those topics, but it doesn't give us a specific breakdown on how to do that on a day-to-day -day basis in practical application on a regular day, right? So that's what we're gonna look at tonight. We're gonna look at three things in particular. We're gonna look at a budget, creating a budget, um, managing debt, if you happen to be in debt or getting out of debt, and then savings. What you should be saving for, how much is enough savings, uh, how much is too much savings. We're gonna be looking at those three things in particular. Okay, so first, we're gonna talk about the budget. You guys may have heard this before. I really like it. When I was younger, I used to live paycheck to paycheck. Now that I'm older and more mature, I live direct deposit to direct deposit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, those are the ways of this world right now. That is a very common theme in our culture. And you see that posted up all the time because that is very true of our culture. Right, But if we're going to be good stewards of the things that God has given us, we should be a little bit more active 
about taking care of the finances that he gives to us, right? So living paycheck to paycheck might not be a bad thing if, you know, that's, that's all you can do, if that's all the money that you have. However, there are ways to break that cycle. There are ways to manage our finances in a way that can allow us the freedom to get that cushion, to get that space away from living every single paycheck, striving so hard to make ends meet. And the thing about that, I want to point out, um, Matthew 6, 24, okay? You guys have probably all heard this before in, in, in reference to the rich, but it says, you cannot serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will love the one and hate the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I think a lot of people look at that verse and think of it as a warning to the rich. That if you're striving after riches, you're serving riches. But I would venture to say that that's a warning even to the poor. Even to the people who are living paycheck to paycheck. Even to the people who are striving and letting all the money that they get go out the window. They have now become a slave to that money. Okay? And they are serving the master of money because they are striving so hard to climb out of this hole that money has put them into. The budget that we're going to look at right now, the budget is a tool that we use to manage the money that, that God has given to us. Okay? And there are all kinds of budgets out there, free apps that you can use on your phone. Every dollar is one that I use that is very helpful. Uh, Mint.com is another one that you guys are probably pretty familiar with. You can get spreadsheets online. Um, a lot of free tools out there in creating a budget. Okay? And it's the tool that we use to help us to be good stewards of the finances that God has given us. So that's exactly what we're going to look at right now. We're going to create a sample budget right up here on the board. And this is specifically a zero-based budget. So what I'm going to do, assuming this marker works. All right, cool. Um, we're going to take an average monthly income. So the average American household family makes uh, about $56,000 a year. After taxes, that's about $4,000 a month, okay? So we're gonna base a, a hypothetical budget on this income. Now, I know some of us are less than that, okay? I, some of us make less money than that each month. Some of us are over that each month. This is just a hypothetical and Creating this budget will still help us to, um, you guys can plug in your own numbers for your own budget, okay? But this is something that every, those, those apps that you're gonna look at, those uh, tools that you can look at, this is a great starting point, okay? So we start with our monthly income and you're looking ahead because here's what we're doing. We are planning a place for all of our money to go rather than looking into the past and saying that's where all my money went we're gonna look ahead to the future and say, here is where I'm telling my money to go. So rather than money being your master, you are taking control of those finances and you're saying, this is what I'm gonna be doing with the finances that I have. So you start with your projected monthly budget. I know some of us have irregular incomes, so you can just take an average of the last three months or be super conservative and take like your lowest earning month in the past year and base your budget off of that. Okay? But you start with your projected monthly income for the upcoming month. And then you go down the list and create the categories of from the most important item on the list down to the least important item that you spend in a month. Okay? 
Now, Jared already spoke a little bit about tithes uh, a couple last week, and I believe the, the month before, or at least donations to the church, or uh, being generous. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'll, I'm going to put that as our number one most important thing right there. And, and I'm not going to get into the very specifics and much detail on this, because Jared already covered it. However, I do want to point out a couple of verses that, that talk about um, giving to the church or, or tithing and why I believe it's important to put it as number one. So first is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce and he will fill your barn with grain and vats with good wine. Okay? Who doesn't want good wine in their vats? <laughs> right? So here's the thing. Um... We, we put our tithes first because that's our, the first fruits of what we have. That's at the top of what we want to give to the Lord, right? If we wait to the very bottom of our budget, chances are we're not going to get around to it. Okay? I think that's what the majority of people do. That, a, a lot of the time, we just look at our bank account and say, oh, here's how much money I've got. Here's what I'm going to spend based on what my bank account says I have. When we have a budget, we can know exactly what we plan to spend. So if we plan to set a, a certain amount aside for tithe, which tithe, if you guys remember, means 10%. So if we're looking at uh, 4000 here, that would be a $400 donation each month, which might seem kind of high for some of you guys, but it would be awesome if the whole church were giving that amount, right? How many, how many organizations could be helped, could be funded, if we were all giving a tenth of our, our, our gross earnings, or even our net earnings for that sake, okay? If we were all giving a portion uh, right off the top from what we have, okay? Uh, another thing I, I want to point out is there, there's a lot of fear, I believe, uh, in giving that much money, especially as, as your income increases, that also means the tithe would increase if you're giving a percentage, right? And it can feel kind of scary in a time when everything is so expensive. Everything that we pay for, our rent, our food, our, our, our gas, everything is so expensive that how can we afford to, to provide tithe as well? So I want to point out another verse. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. What verse is that? Malachi 3.10. Okay? And I'm not going to get into the details and the specifics of the theology of uh, Old Covenant, New Covenant, uh, but I, I want to point out that there seems to be this trend in, in throughout all of Scripture that when we trust in the Lord, when we actually put our faith that He is going to provide for us, when we put that faith in Him, that He comes through. That He fulfills His promises. That He takes care of us when we're in need. So, I'm not going to say it's a sin if you don't tithe, but I say I strongly urge you to trust the Lord in that tithe. To trust that when you give, that he will supply you richly with the things that you need. 
Okay, so then once you, you do that, you keep going down the list with the most important items that you need. Okay, you got your rent, um, uh, food, very important. What are some other things that you guys would have in your car payment? Car payment. So transportation, exactly. Okay, now these, these items right here, I'm gonna put clothing as well. Okay, those next items, these are like your four walls. Your rent, your food, your transportation, and your clothes. Think through what you really need in life. Like what are your absolute basic needs? You gotta eat, you gotta have shelter, you gotta have transportation to get to and from our jobs, okay? And you wanna be showing up in actual clothes. So, you know, you gotta, you wanna have maybe a little bit of a clothing fund right there as well. So each month you set aside your money, okay? Now rent, I'm sorry to say this, but here living in California, rent is high. Rent is expensive. But we got to budget it in, then we put it in. Um, and I know, again, very high, but I'm going to use a hypothetical here. I'm going to say 1000 because realistically, you you don't want your rent to be over um, a quarter of your income. Okay, And I know that's very difficult for many of us to do. And it's it sounds very unrealistic, but when you're shopping around looking for rent, you might be really shopping around looking for roommates because that's, uh, that's gonna help bring that rent down so that you can have a little bit more spending, okay? Uh, and then food, you just keep going down the list and as you go down the list, you're subtracting from your income so that when you get to the bottom, it's zero. Quick question, is that, this is getting a little deep into it, but is that a quarter of your gross or your? Net, it's net. a quarter of your bring take home pay. Take home pay. It's a quarter of your take home pay. Because you want to be able to have money for everything else that's in your budget. And realistically, we have a lot of things going in your budget. And you want to be able to save and, and manage the rest of your funds. Okay. So um, as you're going down the list, eventually you want it to reach down to zero. Okay. You don't want any money left over. If there's money left over, you need to look back through the budget and readjust some money and say, okay, with this leftover money, I'm going to put that towards savings or into a car payment or into debt. Okay. Now, how many of us here are carrying some type of debt on us at any given time? Okay. I heard uh, somebody on the radio say, I think there's nothing more American than beer and debt. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I, I would venture to say that that's pretty true. Okay, because uh, in America, debt is one of those things that is highly marketed. We are sold debt like there's no tomorrow. Okay, now I'm not going to sit here and preach to you and tell you that you need to cut up your credit cards and get rid of all debt and erase your FICO score and all of that. But I will say that as a whole, as a society, debt has become a big problem. Okay, it has put Americans in the hole. It has put us in a, in a situation where we are scrambling, fighting to survive these, these uh, interest charges and, and paying off money that, paying for things that we don't have the money to buy. Okay, and I want you to think about who profits from our debt. Okay, when you go into debt for something, you're not just paying for that item, you're paying for that item plus the interest until you pay that item off, right? So on a car loan, 
what's a good car loan interest rate, APR on a car loan? Anybody have a, a, a really good car loan? Anybody? I have 6%. 6%? Okay, so that's, that's probably about average. I would say a really good car loan, like my, my uh, credit union offered like 1.5 on a new car if you had really good credit. So, but the average that I've seen is about 6%. So you're paying that 6% on top of paying for the car until it's paid off. Whereas if we had the cash to pay for it, we wouldn't have to go into debt and we wouldn't be paying anybody interest charges, right? That's a, that's a fee, that's like a penalty. If you're paying debt off and you're getting charged an interest fee, that's like a penalty for borrowing money. That's, that's essentially what it comes down to, okay? So we've got debt in, in car loans, in student loans, in credit cards. Okay, the average American household has $2,000 worth of credit card loans at any given time, right? And that's, that's the average, which means that some people have very little credit, uh, credit card debt, and some people have very high credit card debt, uh, like $20,000 credit card debt, okay? And credit card debts, usually those, those interest rates are much, much higher. Okay, we're talking like 13, 15, up to 20% on interest charges each month. Okay, which means we need to change our habits when it comes to debt. We need to think, rethink how we look at debt when we're borrowing to pay for things that we don't have the money to, to buy. And for what reason? To get a reliable car that's gonna last us Two, two extra years and then we go out and get a, a new reliable car when cars these days are built to last for like 20 years but we want to get a car that's no older than two years because it's still under warranty so we waste thousands of dollars to get that reliable car think about who's marketing that to you who's pushing that the most the people who are going to make the most money from it, the people who are going to profit the most so you got to be aware of these incentives that people give to you in order to go into debt that's going to eventually hurt you in the long run. And be aware of those and be cautious, be weary. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so what do you do if you're in debt? Okay, what do you, how, how do you break that cycle of being in debt? Okay, we, we talked about doing the budget, putting the budget in, but what if we've got like all these debts that we want to get rid of, but we don't know where to start, okay? We're gonna use the debt snowball. So, I'm gonna write this up on the board. The debt snowball, okay, aptly named, uh, because what we're gonna do is we're gonna list all of the debts that we have in order from smallest to largest. Okay, so I'm gonna, again, use some hypotheticals here. Let's say you've got $16,000 in debt uh, and let's say I've got a credit card, okay? Maybe I shouldn't use actual credit card company names here. I'll just do credit card. Credit card, $1,000. Debt, right there. Okay, I've got a uh, car loan. Had to get that car loan right there. Let's say I've only got 5000 left to pay off on that. And my student loans uh, are costing me as of right now, about $10,000, right? So in total, I've got $16,000 in debt that I'm carrying around right now that if I was free of that, I would have 
a pay raise. It would feel like a burden off of my shoulders, right? Ah, oh, I wouldn't have to carry around those chains, those shackles that are weighing me down on a regular basis, okay? I could pay those off. So I list those in small scores. Now, this isn't, this isn't the end-all, be-all way of paying, all debt, paying off debt, but it is one method of doing so, and this is attacking behavior right here, okay? Uh, you may have heard some people talk about putting it the highest interest loan first uh, and then paying that one off first because that's going to be the way to save money. But what we're doing here is we're paying off the smallest loan first and then it feels like a pay raise because boom, once I pay off $1,000, then I've only got two loans to worry about rather than three. Okay, So when you're making up your budget, okay, when you're writing in your budget, what you want to do is you want to pay the minimum payments on all your debts to keep your credit card company, to keep your, your interests uh, up to date, to keep um, your, your lenders happy, you pay the minimum balance on all of these, and then on, except for the smallest debt that you have, you pay as much as you can until it's gone, okay? So whatever, whatever extra money you have in your budget, when you get a little bump in your, in your paycheck, when you get a little bonus, when you work a little bit of overtime, you use all of that money and you attack that smallest debt. And once you pay that one off, you continue down the road and start attacking the next biggest debts until you are completely debt free and it feels so great and you can breathe easy and the world is as it should be, right? <laughs> Uh, a couple of verses on debt, by the way. Romans, 8, uh, Romans 13, verse 8, says, Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt to love one another. Okay? We are to love one another. Stay out of the, those bonds of oppression that debt can have over us. As soon as I borrow money from somebody, okay, I'm, I'm in debt to them until I pay it back. And you might not feel that with your credit card company or with your lender um, for your car loan, but what happens in the, when a, a relative lends you some money and then you see them on the next uh, family vacation and you, you, you tell them that work has been stressful and you want to go on a little vacation from work and so you're going to go on vacation and then you see that look in their face because they're thinking, huh, you owe me money, but you're gonna selfishly indulge on a little trip for yourself, huh? That's a, that's a hard place to be. So that's what I'm talking about. When, you're, when you owe somebody a debt, that's, a, that's kind of an oppressive place to be right there. And you feel it the most with family members, just saying. Okay, uh, Proverbs 3.27 says this, don't withhold good to whom it is due when it is in your power to do so. Do not withhold good to whom it is due. So when you have the money to pay off a debt, don't hold it back. Don't say, oh, I'm gonna file for bankruptcy or I'm gonna just let this uh, loan go into default because I wanna keep the money for myself. If you've got the means to pay it back, by all means, do so. When, you, when it's in your power to do so, pay it back, okay? Uh, and then again, looking back at Matthew 6, 24, you can't serve two masters. Okay, when you are in debt, you are serving the lender. Okay, you are in debt to that lender. Um, you cannot serve both God and money. Okay, so we'll use the debt snowball to get out of debt. 
okay? And then hopefully we'll stay there. But in order to stay out of debt, we need to get good at saving money, okay? So last topic that we're going to talk about here uh, is savings, all right? And I want to mention three things uh, that savings is good for, okay? Three particular things that we are saving for. Why do we save our money? Number one, for emergencies. Okay? Did I spell that right? Yes. Okay, good. Emergencies. Number two, we save it for, anybody know? The future. The future. I'll put that as number three. Number two is going to be for big purchases. Uh, and number three, you said the future. All right, so here we are. Number one, emergencies. Saving for emergencies keeps us out of debt. When we have an emergency fund, that's what's gonna help you stay out of using that credit card because my car tire broke down, or my, my car broke down and I needed a quick fix in order to get me to work, so I put it all on my credit card, and now I'm in debt with an interest charge of 15%, and it's just gonna keep racking up because I don't have the money to pay for that right now because I'm living direct deposit to direct deposit, <laughs> right? So we build an emergency fund using our debt, uh, using our budget that we've already created, and by working a little extra. Okay, an emergency fund should be in cash, as in like in the bank, it's liquid, it's not an investment, it's something that you can get to. This is your own insurance policy. And it's a small insurance policy. You don't need to have a huge emergency fund right off the bat, but if you're in the process of getting out of debt, you wanna maybe put that on hold and build your emergency fund. Real fast, right off the bat. Build your emergency fund, and the, the good rule of thumb here is $1,000 in a separate savings account. Not in with your checking account, okay, but in a separate fund where you're not gonna be tempted to spend it on uh, a big night out or um, on a quick vacation somewhere, but in a, in a separate savings account just for emergencies. Now, if you make less than 20,000 a year, then you can bump that number down to $500 into your emergency fund. But for those of us who make more than that, we're looking at $1,000, and that honestly is something that we can do usually within a first month of trying to do so. Okay, if you look around your house, how many $100 items do you have laying around that you don't really need that you could probably sell on the internet and make a quick $1,000, right? Or work a little overtime, or work uh, a little a side job on, on, on the side, maybe drive for Uber or Lyft or deliver pizzas or something like that. Do you have a question? No, sorry, I'm just stretching my fingers. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> and so we want to build that emergency uh, fund to $1,000 right off the bat. Later, we can come back to once you're paid off your debt, you can build that emergency fund back to, up to like three to six months of your monthly expenses. That way, if you lose your job or you uh, become disabled for any reason, you have the funds to take care of it uh, until your disability check comes in or until you get a new job, you're gonna be okay with that emergency fund, okay? Um, I work for Motion Picture, okay? And uh, there was a lot of people recently who were afraid of a strike happening, okay? And the last time a strike happened, it lasted for, I think, less than three months, 
but it puts so many people out of work in our industry that people lost their houses, mm -hmm. their, their cars, their, their families just like came to shambles because they didn't have even three months of expenses in a, in a savings account. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's something that we want to be aware of. That's one way to look for savings. That's an immediate emergency fund. <laughs> then the next thing that we do for uh, savings is big purchases. All right. Uh, we want to save for big purchases, right? So, what are some typical big purchases that uh, we would typically finance? But a car, a car? House. house, yes. An engagement ring. Yeah, hey, that's a good one. Computer. Computers. Yeah, so these are all uh, big purchases that rather than financing them when we don't have the money and then saying, oh, well, I hope that later down the road I can uh, pay for this or uh, hopefully I can pay it off within the, the one year that they give me with zero interest and I do that with 10 other things until the year comes around and I've got now a ton of interest on all these things that I can't afford. We're going to set some money aside in every category into our budget. Let's say you uh, know that you need a new computer soon. Set aside money for 10 months until you get that com uh, and, and set that into your budget for 10 months and then say, boom, at the end of 10 months, I can go and buy this thing with cash. Or right now, I know that both of my cars are probably going to be good for the next 10 years. So if I wanted, I could wait five years and then start saving, or I can start saving a small amount right now. And it's called a sinking fund, where you put money into an account just for a specific item for a big purchase. Okay, And that's going to help you stay out of debt, stay out of financing objects. We all know we're going to need to drive cars. Some of us already have paid off cars. Some of us are going to go out and finance a brand new car as soon as we're done paying off the one that we're driving now wasting thousands and thousands of dollars in the long run because that's what we do as Americans, right? Um, but we don't have to. Okay? You can get a good, reliable car at an affordable price that you can save up for if you practice, if you work hard at it, if you write it into your budget, if you tell your money where to go, if you are good stewards of God's finances that he is giving you, okay? Uh, somebody said a house okay yes again here in California housing prices are through the roof okay so if you want to buy a house if you're thinking of buying a house someday you really got to practice saving up for big purchases okay that you're gonna need a good sizable down payment on a house these days in order to avoid the the tens of thousands of dollars it's going to cost you in private mortgage insurance and and uh, homeowners insurance when you don't have enough down payment and things like that. So you're going to really have to get on top of saving up for those big purchases. Okay. Um, and then lastly, we're saving for the future. Okay. Now, I think that a lot of people think of retirement as this idealized time in their life where they can just kick back and put their feet up in the sand, on the beach, every day of their life, and just go on vacation and travel wherever they want, and they're living it up. Do you think Social Security is going to pay for that? 
Okay? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I'm sorry to say this. Uh, sorry to crush some of your dreams here. But, um, no. The reality is, when I'm talking about planning for the future, for most of us, I'm talking about just living. Planning on surviving the future. Okay? Because as of right now, we have thousands of people going into retirement with very little savings because they didn't plan when they were younger. They, they waited till they were 55, until they were 60, and said, I'm gonna retire in five years, I'm gonna start saving for my retirement. And then when the time comes, they're left broke. They've got $10,000 to last them the rest of their lives, right? Now we, I, I know, Andrea and I, we know a couple where they are living off of social security and welfare checks and food stamps. And they are having a very hard time surviving because they didn't plan for a future for themselves. They are being taken care of by others because they didn't plan ahead, okay? And so part of being um, good stewards of what we have is planning ahead for those times when we're not gonna be able to work anymore. There will come a day when you're not going to be able to work anymore. Or where you're just gonna be so sick and tired and fed up that you're, you decide you're not gonna work anymore. But either way, that day will come. And you wanna be able to survive it when it does come. Okay, and don't, don't hope, don't plan on somebody else taking care of you in that time. Okay, so we do wanna set aside money into retirement accounts and things like that. I'm not gonna get into the details of that because already running out of time, but um, we do wanna start thinking, no matter what age you are, okay? Hopefully, if there were like an 18-year-old kid right out of high school in here, that would be like the perfect time for them to hear this and say, oh cool, I'm gonna jump on that and I'm gonna start saving for retirement. Boom, that would be awesome. But remember, it's never too late to start saving for retirement and it's never too early to start saving for retirement. It's definitely something to start thinking right now on the future. Not to get too in depth with it, but like the tithe, we kind of had a range. If you've got those first two pretty good, which is a great place to be, where do you think you would start on the third? If you've got emergency fund and big purchases yeah. uh, on savings, where to start on saving for the future? Meeting with Pongo in private. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to use a, a, a... A lot of people have said over the, over the past, uh, save 10% for a rainy day. Okay? And then once you've got that, you can start saving 10% for your retirement. Not a, bad, not a bad place to be. Of course, the older you are, the more money you're going to want to be saving. You know, maybe 15%. Um, uh, as, as you get older, depending on what your specific retirement is gonna look like to you. What, what is it that you wanna do in retirement, okay? Um, one thing that I like to think about is, is the verse, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and saying um, that the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself, okay? And this is where I think through, okay, if I'm only tithing, 10%, I don't want to save more than 10% for me. This is this is just like a personal yeah. thought right here. I like I've heard this said before and I really liked it that 
whatever somebody is going to save for themselves, they're going to donate that much as well. Okay, that if they're going to be saving up 15% for retirement for themselves, that they're also going to be giving 15% uh, off of their income as well. Okay, again, not, not like a hard, fast rule right there, but I really like applying that verse even to my finances as well, is the loving my neighbor as myself. I take care of others before I take care of myself, or in the same level that I would take care of myself. Okay, now, here's the thing. There are a lot of things to cover as far as finances. No way that I can do that all in 30 minutes or 20 minutes, okay? Uh, but I have studied a ton. I have looked into this a ton. Uh, if you guys do have questions, feel free to ask questions. However, this is very broad brush stroke, okay? And I know that uh, you guys are all different individuals in this room who have specific needs and specific um, lifestyles and specific things to look at okay this is gonna help with the general basics of it all but if you guys have questions feel free to ask me afterwards I'll even uh, write my email on here if you guys want to email me stuff after uh, it's pongo.financial at gmail okay uh, gmail.com Okay, you guys can feel free to email me questions, comments, concerns about everything that I said tonight and rants and raves and uh, hate mail, all of <laughs> that email right there. Um, and so, um, but yeah, I don't have time to get into all the different things like insurance, okay, what kind of insurances to have, um, what, uh, what type of retirement accounts, but there are all kinds of things to be considering when 401ks, pension plans, Roth IRAs, things like that. Uh, there is a lot out there. So um, if you guys would like more information on that, talk to me afterwards or email me. And um, also, uh, we are planning as a church considering going through another Financial Peace University Woo. course, the Dave Ramsey FPU. <laughs> course uh, we'll probably be starting that up in the fall maybe late September early October something like that so if you guys are interested in doing that which is basically everything I talked about but a lot more expanded it's like a nine-week course it's awesome it's got a ton of information really great practical applications really great stories very motivating um, we're planning on doing that so if you guys are interested we can get uh, the ball rolling on that but for now, thank you guys so much for your time.